Welcome to episode 12 of Sports and Songs. This is your hosts, Dan and Andy. Andy, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Today is January 31st, and, you know, we're heading into February tomorrow, and and right around the corner is Groundhog's Day and Super Bowl and all this other uh, nonsense, but we've got a pretty good episode for, for today with lots going on, especially in the news and whatnot, but, uh, yes, well, let's start with some happy stuff here instead of all uh, the tragedies. First of all, you know, next week, next week and a half, pitchers and catchers start the report. So that's good for a sign of spring there. Oh yes. Yes. That's going to be coming up awfully fast. Yeah, we got that. Um, then real quick, I was going another side note here. Uh, a couple weeks after that, we have the Daytona 500, another good sign springs right around the oh, corner. Oh, yes, yes. You know, I always forget about that, but once I see that uh, come into the fray, then we know we're moving along into the uh, new season. And I just got a couple notes on the Daytona 500 here real quick. Um, that uh, WWE superstar Sheamus will be driving the pace car this year at the 62nd Daytona 500. She will, really. So, as we'll see, WWE has that big contract with Fox, and the games on, or the races on Fox, so it's all this intermingle stuff, so there we go. So, that's my little NASCAR bit for the week. Get your taste buds ready, because I'm kind of a NASCAR guy, so we'll drop NASCAR reviews every now and then. Yeah, there's your NASCAR um, plug. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, backtracking to baseball, the only things I got for baseball, really, is uh, Astros hiring Dusty Baker's manager, and uh, the Mets going with... Luis Reyes is manager. Uh, Louis Reyes is the son of Felipe Alou and brother of Moises Alou. For the Alou brothers, the Alou family, the yes. Alou, the Alou family in there. Uh, Luis, is, uh, he's managed the Mets farm system before Pete Alonso, the first baseman, the polar bear. Yes. He played under uh, Luis in the minors, so a lot of these guys in the Mets have called up have played with this guy already. So kind of a good move on the Mets part. You bring up. All your minor league players in the pros, let's bring the coach up too, you know, if we can make that coaching change. So that's going there. Um, and then, now you you play town ball and and other ball, semi-pro ball there. I got a question for you. I've seen a lot of other uh, things come up on Facebook and Twitter and stuff with all the allegations going on that says, would you rather face a player that was on steroids or one who knew what pitch was coming? Oh, very good. That's an easy one, Andy. If you know the pitch that's coming, it's always that is the advantage. Uh, I don't care. I I never really thought that steroids had much to do with anything as far as baseball. That's more. Uh, you got to admit, about five percent of the ego stroke would be like, I want the guy on steroids pitch. I could hit it. Yes, about 5% yes. Of it, you got to admit, there's a little bit. There's like you want you want a taste of the best you've got, you know. Or if you're a regular pitcher and you know the batter's on steroids, if I can get out the steroid guy, that's good, you know. So a little bit of the ego, I think, would be there for the steroid part of it, but. Yes, I agree. I agree with that. But boy, yeah, that's when you know what's coming. It really, you know, for me, it's the big, uh, it's the little guy. What's his name from Houston? Uh, and oh yeah, that, that yeah, I know you that way. Yeah. yeah. So so him hitting all these home runs and whatnot really, you know, does make it not as surprising if you know that what pitch is coming in to barrel right. that up because each one of these guys in the majors can can hit the ball out uh, no matter how light light hitting of a guy that you are, you have the potential to hit it out. But if you know what's coming, you can really barrel it up. Well, they also come up steroids with McGuire and Sosa and Bonds. You could be as big as a house. you still got to make contact. Yeah. 
And you got to hit it. You got to still got to hit it square, and it's it's a t it's the toughest thing in sports. Yeah. Hit a round ball with a yeah. round bat and hit it square. Yeah. Um, couple of notes here. Uh, in the NHL update on the Wild. And this, these are my notes from a couple days ago, so I apologize I'm off again. The Wild are at 23, 21, and six at 52 points, six points out of the last playoff spot. But they do have to jump over six more teams to get to that spot. Playoffs start in the NHL April 10th. So we have 32 games left, plenty of time. Timberwolves are 15 and 32, eight and a half games out of playoffs. They got jumped six teams. Uh, Listen for the Wolves are just the Wolves. It's really kind of sad. They had their little peak there for a few years, but they've—I don't know. It's the coaching, the players. I like Ryan Saunders as a coach, but I don't know what the situation is there. Kind of sad. Yes, I agree. It's, it's it's never fun. We always say it's always next year or it's the next year or we rebuilding. And now, now it's the same old thing. We had the thought we had the pieces in place, but uh, yeah, I don't believe it's well, the coach's fault. Yeah. Speaking of rebuilding, let's go. I got the college ranking updates here. If you want to go into that, let's go into college rankings and then we'll touch on uh, the uh, the high school as well. Yeah, uh, college men's basketball. Uh, number one, Baylor at seventeen and one. Two is Gonzaga, three is Kansas, and number four is San Diego State at 21 and 0. Little tip about San Diego State: uh, their coach is a guy named Brian Dutcher. He was the assistant for Steve Fisher when he was at Michigan and at South Dakota or at San Diego State. So he's always been the assistant for Steve Fisher. Uh, he helped recruit the Fab Five in Michigan. And he helped bring Kawhi Leonard to San Diego State. Think about Brian Dutcher. He's the son of former Gopher coach Jim Dutcher. Okay, yes, Dutcher that makes sense. 70s and 80s there, yes. yes. So, so it's his boy, so a little local connection there. So if we were WCCO, we'd be all over this. Local connection, we got to like it. Wow. But, uh, so San Diego State, 21-0, Jim Dutcher, his kid Brian coaching there, so that's kind of a fun story to watch. Uh, Big Ten, teams in the top 20 for men. Got Michigan State at 14, Maryland at 15. Iowa at 18, and Illinois at 19. Illinois did the Gophers in last night. Illinois is doing really good this year. They'd be a surprise fun team to watch. Women's basketball. Uh, South Carolina at 1, Baylor 2, Oregon 3. That's been pretty steady all year. Uh, Big 10 teams in the top 20. you got to go all the way down to number 17 from Maryland at 16-4. and four. Uh, Monica Fasano and the Iowa Hawkeyes at number 18 at 17-3, and, and Indiana at 15-5. and five. NCAA men's hockey. Cornell at number one, North Dakota at two, and they keep saying Minnesota State, but I'm sorry, they're still Mankato to me. Mankato State at number three, 23-4. Also getting both to the top 20, number 19, Bemidji State. Beavers 5-1-1 one, one since the Mariucci Classic splitting last weekend with uh, Minnesota State Mankato. So Beavers are moving up. Women's hockey hasn't changed. Wisconsin at one, Minnesota two, Northeastern three. And the also receiving votes category was also Bemidji State down there for them. Uh, we got a lot to cover here, so I'm just going to do, for boys and girls basketball, high school, just going to do the number one ranked teams. Boys basketball, 4A is Ian Prairie at 14-0. and 0. I think they'd probably beat the Timberwolves. Minnehaha Academy at 10-2. and 2. Caledonia, 14-0. Bold at 14-0. and 0. That's uh, 4A through 1A for boys basketball. Girls basketball, Hopkins, 16-0. and 0. I think they'd probably beat the Emperor Boys right now, to tell you the truth, they're rolling. Number three, De La Salle, 
Number two, Sox Center, one, Miniota. And that is high school and college rankings. Okay, very good. Well, very good, Andy. Let's move on to the next segment here in one second. All right, well, let's roll into Super Bowl Sunday coming up. I do have one more college note, Dan, I forgot about. Oh, go ahead. Um, former Gopher linebacker Mike Rallis. He uh, was a linebacker from 2008 to 2012. Saw him on TV this last Monday night on Monday Night Raw as a pro wrestler, Roddick Morris. So if you're watching Monday Night Raw and you see this big horse out there, you go, that guy looks familiar. It's another former Minnesota golfer in the WWE, along with Shelton Benjamin, Brock Lesnar. They're just taking all of our guys. All of our golfer football players are just and wrestlers are just going to WWE. Interesting. You know, if Anton Winfield Jr. doesn't make it in the pros, maybe he'll go to WWE. Who knows? <laughs> yes, exactly. But yes, now we got this little game coming up called the Super Bowl this weekend. Well, Andy, what's the odds? I haven't looked it up yet today. I'd like to see what it is, and then we'll do our own predictions as well. But we've got the big Chiefs game coming up against the 49ers on Sunday evening for the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, and I've been watching a lot of the hype all over the place with everybody, you know, all the news shows are down there and everybody else. And no one's really leaning one way or the other. I've been kind of drawn. The last odds I saw, it was a two-point favorite for Kansas City. Let me just check on this again real quick here, see if I got an update on this. And what? And what um, yeah, go ahead. See what the over-under is here. Yeah, the Chiefs are still a slight favorite over the 49ers. By a point and a half right now, it's down to. So. Wow. And it's been hovering around that. I've been watching it every day, just checking out. Between a half point, two points, it's been kind of hovering this last week, so it's really kind of close. Um, no matter who you listen to, they're all giving up good arguments for either team. I mean, no one's going to be really surprised either way who wins this game, unless it's a blowout. Correct. And this should be good, too. Fresh teams in there. This uh, Super Bowl takes place at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, Florida on Sunday. So this should be a good ball game. What else have we got for the hype uh, coming up on uh, on the big game? Well, you know, to me, the, the most important thing of all is I, I, like, I like the fact that they kind of acknowledge some of the, the other coaches and the other players on the pregame shows. I know it's a little too much sometimes. That's the one reason I really watch the pregames on that is not per se the story about the third string punter's dog or something silly like that, but just you know, the, the Niners have that one gal who's an assistant offensive coordinator. So there's been a lot of debates about will women coach in, the, in pro football one day. So just to hear stories like that coming up, that's always kind of the stuff I like to watch for. Yeah, um, the, the, human, as, the human interest story, the, personal, uh, the human right, interest angle. Right. As far as who's going to do what, you know, a lot of people are saying for Andy Reid, this is probably maybe his last chance. Uh, best coach never win one behind Marvin Levy and Bud Grant, you know, stuff like that. I like to see that stigmatism get off of him. I like Andy Reid as a guy. He's a decent guy. I like to see him get a ring. Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan's kid. Mike got a few rings with Denver. I think Kyle was the assistant when Atlanta blew that big lead to the Patriots. So Kyle's got to kind of get that monkey off his back. So both ways, good story for the coach, you know. So nothing's really drawing me there, but they're both good stories to watch. Um, as far as players-wise, Jimmy G, good young player. He's a smart, simple player. He's not going to put up 45 attempts and 300 yards. You know, he hasn't so far in the playoffs. But if you look at the games this year, 
if need be, he can. But he's a good, young, smart player. Patrick Mahomes, son of Pat Mahomes, former Twins and Mets pitcher. Good kid. He's going to put up the flashy numbers. But enjoy it where you can, because like Robert Griffin III, one shot to the knee and you're done. You're a different quarterback. Randall Cunningham, different quarterback after time. So don't expect this for eight, nine years from Patrick Mahomes. He'll get a couple, three years of this fun, flashy style. I mean, even Mike Vick, after he went to jail and came back, he had to go to be a strap, uh, straight back passer. You know, he couldn't run around any longer. Yes, yes. So enjoy the account with him. Um, I haven't really heard, you know, the Chiefs are a fun team to watch. They're comparing them to the greatest show on turf, the Rams teams. I think the Rams teams would eat these guys alive. But that's just me because kind of a homer on that one. I like the Rams better. <laughs> so that's kind of a, a biased statement. But uh, it should be a good game. I think it's going to be a – I'm going to go 35-30 for a score, San Francisco winning. And I've got, I've got Chiefs by three in this one, 31-28. Should be a good game. Should be fun to watch. Yes, it should be uh, very good. Now, are you a big uh, Super Bowl ads guy? You know, we watch the ads. I kind of like the pregame stuff. I'm kind of, if you follow the Facebook page, kind of into the Puppy Bowl and the Kitty Halftime Show there. That's kind of fun to watch more than the ads sometimes. They have that on a lot of the pregame stuff. You'll see that stuff. The ads, I've seen a couple leaked out online. I try to avoid a lot of YouTube stuff this week to avoid those commercials. Um, the ads are fun, and we kind of, you know, everybody gets to be the, you know, we're all professional ad agencies during Super Bowl. It's like in the Olympics. We all know everything about figure skating all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, some ads are good. Some are like, that's a Super Bowl ad. That's just a regular commercial, you know. And then you got others that are really, oh, my God, that was great. But kind of sad to hear about the Mr. Peanut ad. That's going to be kind of a tough one to watch, I think. Yes, I uh, was going to bring that up, and, you know, with the whole Kobe Bryant crash, they had add the Mr. Peanut. Uh, Mr. I haven't Peanut. heard yet. That's what I was kind of wondering, because there was all the big things that happened. The Kobe thing came up, and I haven't heard, because I don't know if maybe just thought this is more important news. They haven't brought it up. I don't know if the ad got pulled. Again, it's like anything else. Depends on what channel you watch, you get a different answer. Yep. Yeah, and for those uh, not sure, uh, not familiar with it, Mr. Peanut, the ad they had, uh, uh, was basing going to have a big Super Bowl ad. Mr. Peanut died, dies in an ad, or did he already? He dies in the ad, yeah. I, say, I guess it, I think it's a car crash or a plane crash. I'm not positive. Yeah. Well, he's in his little, uh, he's in his little nutmobile, this little peanut thing. Yeah. And so he dies, and now they're, uh, you know, second-guessing if they should run that ad or not because uh, – so that, that's the one getting the most, I think, most attention right now. Yep. So we'll see how that goes, but very interesting. Well, that'll be interesting. Right. Anything more on the Super Bowl, Andy? Uh, no, uh, we'll cover halftime shows in the music segment of the program. But uh, as far as the game goes, I'm just looking for a good, fun game to watch. Uh, it's going to be on Fox, so I don't mind Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. You know, a lot of people don't like Joe Buck, but I... I don't mind him as an announcer. He's okay. You know, so I'm kind of looking forward to the game. Yeah, it should be. It should be good. And then we'll do a uh, show follow-up uh, following week here with an update on that. And what we'll do next week, Andy, is um, not only cover the Super Bowl uh, review, 
but uh, I'll spend some time going over the XFL season opener, which starts one week from tomorrow. Games, remember, nice. games 1 and 4 p.m. on Saturday. Get your television set because uh, the season starts off. It's a 10-week season on XFL, so we'll cover that as well next week. Is that 1 and 4 Eastern, or is that our time, Central time? Our, our time. Two and, five, nice. 2 and 5 Eastern, 1 and 4 Central time. And then they'll have uh, on Sunday as well, one and four, well, both games. One o'clock start, see, that's perfect because, you know, that way for someone who's sleep in, if you go to afternoon church, you can still get home in time for football. Exactly. All right. That's right. All right, that wraps it up. We'll uh, now move on to the Kobe Bryant crash. Yes, the big news. Let's do it. Well, on to the unfortunate news for the week, grabbing all the headlines, was the Kobe Bryant helicopter crash in Los Angeles. Andy, what are your thoughts uh, on this whole scenario? You know, Kobe was a good player. He was fun to watch. Um, I, I grew up yelling that when I was really into basketball, I was when Kobe came in the league. Came out of high school. He was a big Michael Jordan fan, and anyone who follows basketball can see that in him. He copied Jordan everywhere he could. He even tried to sound like Jordan when he talked when he first started, you know. Um, Great player, fun to watch. Um, very intelligent person. I'm not gonna take that away from him. He was very smart. Had a lot of things going post career here. But like a lot of superstars, had a chip on his shoulder, and it was a very obvious chip. You could see it a mile away, and that really bothered me with him. I hear all these, and I'm not talking ill of the dead. God knows I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. I've even posted on the line. Sorry, the man passed away. Legend, he's, he's gone. Rest in peace. But people say you're such a great person and such a hero and everything else, and they want to change the logo to him. Man, that bothers me. That bothers me. If you're gonna make someone your logo of your sports team, they should be three steps away from being a saint, in my opinion. <laughs> you can't live his lifestyle and be the symbol of your league. Yes, I agree with that 100%. Uh, was he good? Yes. Was he talented? Yes. Did he break a lot of records? put up some unbelievable numbers. All of those yep. things are true, but, uh, boy, this whole last week, it's been round-the-clock media on, on Kobe, and I think what we forget is the others killed in that crash uh, that aren't getting any of the um, airtime, I would, I would say. Yeah, the, the pilot, the coach, uh, the, the baseball coach whose daughter happened to play on Kobe's, with Kobe's daughter. That whole family, because his husband, wife, and two kids were there, so it's one child left at home you know and again i hate the way the media always focuses on kobe's case the name they know they go oh this poor mother and two children don't have a father anymore this other guy one daughter has no family anymore what about them what about the pilot whose family and friends he's left behind the other coaches on there they left people behind too granted you throw kobe's name out there to make the awareness of it because he's the name but there was other people there too and they weren't just the other people yeah, it's, uh, the other ones were, you know, Kobe Bryant's uh, daughter, uh, she was 13. Then we had Peyton Chester, age 13. Alyssa Altabelli, age 14. Carrie Altabelli, age 46. Christina Mauser, age 38. And then we have John Altabelli, age 56. Sarah Chester, age 45. And the pilot, age 50. And along with Kobe Bryant, age 41. I mean, there's, there's nine people that the, the families are impacted 
The families of, yeah. of these people will be impacted forever. Uh, that, that's huge. Now, I can't even yeah. imagine what these nine people went through uh, as that plane was, was it, was it the helicopter was going down or did it crash right into the, the side of the hill? Who knows? But the last I heard yesterday from people who are, are pure speculators, I guess the weather was so bad. Where they took off from, at, I don't know if it was a small airport, if it was Kobe's backyard, whatever, they did have permission to take off. The town they're going into was real soupy. One, one bystander said he heard a helicopter above him but couldn't see it. I guess they were uh, from some sound recordings that are being released the other day. They're trying to uh, incline, go up, the angle and speed they're going at. It, they, they, they don't know what hit them. All of a sudden, next thing, boom, you hit the side of the wall. Uh, uh, I see. Okay. Okay. Well, it is. Now that's it... early reports, and I hate throwing out early reports. I mean, it's, I don't work for ABC. I don't throw out crappy reports. I throw out what I know in here. Don't speculate. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll but, get into that in a second I've here heard too. That from more than one source that they were trying to incline to get out, and because of the the, I don't know if it was really smog or just fog, just bad visibility. They didn't make it. They didn't see the, the building there. Which again, I don't know enough about aviation. No, like, okay, if it's that bad where the police don't have helicopters up, why aren't they flagging you down and say, hey, you better land, pal. This isn't safe. Correct, and I'm not, I don't have that background myself. I don't know so. enough about the aviation world, how that works, so I'm not even going to say guess on that. But I know I've heard a lot of the tapes of aviation people saying, we're not seeing you on radar, we're not seeing you on radar. I would try to land on that. That's just me, but again, I know nothing of flying, so that's just... Yeah, I don't want to... My, my, my scared, scared self going, okay, if I can't see, I'm going to land, I'm not going to keep driving or flying in this situation. Yeah, the uh, the teenagers uh, were were teammates on a basketball team coached by Bryant and Mauser, and they were on their way to a to a basketball game actually, and so that was the first thing. The other thing was, like you said, Andy, the the, the weather was not uh, the best. It also was not the worst. It was somewhere in between. But that pilot who was piloting that aircraft was in fact rated and certified for you know flying in uh, bad weather. So. Whether it was good or not, he was still well-versed in that type of a thing. doesn't make it any easier, but it is what right. it is. They, they crash, and you had uh, mentioned earlier with the ABC News, for those not familiar with that, ABC News correspondent Matt Goodsman. Uh, he was the first one out of the shoot claiming that all of Kobe's daughters were on that flight. And this is what really took off on Twitter and on social media saying, because Kobe's got four daughters, right? Yep. Yeah, so he was is under a year old, I thought, just recently had one, I thought, recently. Yes, that's right. One was an infant uh, child, and so the speculation that by this ABC News uh, correspondent, that really went, went wild and went viral, essentially, thinking that his entire family, you know, was, all of his kids, including an infant, were killed. And so that wasn't true. We have the problem with TMZ that actually broke the story, TMZ, and named the names before... First responders and, and police and law enforcement even arrived there. And so the county, the sheriff's department there was upset because they have no right uh, releasing the names right. to the press before all this took place. And there, right now there's a petition out there to, you know, to shut down uh, TMZ and some of these local channels not to not carry that, uh, you know, uh, carry the channel or the, or the, the channel uh, TMZ. So there's petitions out there to get them shut down. The ABC guy was was blasted, and then we have the 
the other, the uh, who was the other uh, coach that they thought it was Rick Fox. Uh, there was speculation that yeah. Rick Fox was on that on that helicopter and died as well. So we have the misinformation going around and TMZ breaking the news story and the different versions of this that really sent people into uh, a panic with all these false reports. And uh, one of those was uh, Rick Fox that they uh, thought was he was on that uh, on that plate as well and, and was killed. And now he had to go through the whole shock of telling everyone that it wasn't. He was he was fine. He had to go on and do an interview to say it wasn't me. I wasn't. So the misinformation really was the I think the bad, the negative part of this whole story over uh, and above, you know, everything else. But uh, really. Well, and here's what confuses me is, and this is no offense to TMZ, but a lot of times a lot of these uh, celebrity and, uh, problems, how is TMZ getting the, the, the breaking news on it all over CNN, Fox News, ABC, NBC? How is TMZ getting all this stuff? ABC, that reporter for ABC, here's the part that confuses me. They're all part of the Disney family, which is also ESPN. Now, not the ESPN's or anything else, but them being a sports channel, you figure they'd have more of an inside track on stuff when something happens to an athlete. So how did ABC, who's part of the ESPN family, screw this up? Yeah, the entire the entire thing. Jump on it, and that's when I first heard it happen. I, I put up even on my own social media. Hey, Kobe Bryant died, plane crash. Oh, that's terrible news. But then. I didn't post much more because I wanted to see it. I wanted to give everybody else go, hey, here's this, let's all look it up and see what's going on. Not everybody's speculating this, that, and the other thing. Because there was some speculation at first that Kobe was the one flying the plane. Yes. That was also out there, correct. He didn't have a copy of license, so. And that was the other speculation with the Kobe Bryant crash is that that was his, that was his helicopter, and he indeed was the pilot because uh, uh, in, in L.A. there with the traffic being so bad, they don't fly a helicopter around, you know, just once in a while for special trips. But it is to things like this, practices, events, uh, as, a, as a form of communication. In fact, in Los Angeles, there's, there's a such thing as an Uber, helicopter Uber. So flying around at a chopper yeah. is a very common thing. And that was one of the first speculations. Now, the, there's a very common photo of him standing in front of that chopper that has uh, different paint detail and, and, you know, different. And then we see the crash, and it's nothing like that. So there's speculation of what kind of chopper was it. And uh, it, along with this misinformation, it really got uh, um, goofy. The one group that did benefit directly was the NFL Pro Bowl. Everyone flocked there because the Pro Bowl was giving the latest developments on the case, and the Pro Bowl is typically – not one to draw a lot, a big audience uh, watching or listening right. to the Pro Bowl. And so everyone but came there. Sports and station, sports show, that's why they went to it. Yeah. Everyone went there, and so the NFL, uh, for lack of a better term, benefited the most from this, this crash because everyone tuned into the Pro Bowl, and they were giving information on the, uh, on the updates uh, during the Pro yeah. Bowl, which they're, they're always historically known for very low ratings on that, sh on that game. Right. Especially now, it's basically a touch football. You know, I saw a couple of receivers running down. The guy like lightly touched them. They blew the play dead. I mean, yeah. So that's the, it's very interesting. The whole the whole Kobe thing. And yes, it is. It's a it's a travesty. But uh, boy, this it, it, basically the United States of America came to a screeching halt here because of Kobe's death. And um, they're they're trying to do all these things. And yes, he was a great player. But uh, they're making him out to be some second coming almost. Yes. Yes. 
And that's the only thing I had reservations on that whole that whole thing. One one thing I put on social media for myself on my personal one is if they want to honor him or honor Kobe for a game, first of all, oh the Lakers and Clippers didn't play one game. Oh, they're also distraught. I think Kobe was a gamer. He'd say, "Lace him up and put him and let's do it, boys." If the game goes on, that that's my opinion. Kobe was that type of guy. You know, got to play the game. If they want to honor Kobe this year at the All Star game. Have one team wear all number 24, the other team wear all number 8. Those were his two numbers in the pros. I don't remember the story why he changed numbers halfway through his career, but that's how you can honor him. Kind of the way baseball does with uh, Jackie Robinson, how they all wear 42 for one game. Correct. It's an all-star game this one year. One team is 24, one team is 8. I agree with that. That'd be perfect. Uh, the NBA, and then the NBA say, hey, all the jerseys we sell like this is going to whatever Kobe's favorite charity was. Or to the families of the survivors, or the survivors of the families, you know. Something to that effect, the NBA could come out looking like, I don't say you do this to look like heroes, but NBA could come out looking like they didn't do it just for money, buy the jerseys. Hey, we're going to sell these jerseys and proceeds to go to the, the surviving family members of those affected in the crash. Correct. That, that would be a good, I think a, that would be fair, a fair way to, uh, to handle it. I got to email Adam Silver after this, that's a great idea, Jesus. <laughs> All right, anything more on the Kobe crash? Uh, you know, just, just on Kobe in general, you know, everybody says how he was such a great player. He was a great player. He's one of the – he's been the Mount Rushmore players. He's one of the five greatest of all time. I don't think Kobe's one of the five greatest Lakers of all time. Now, you got to remember, look at the Laker history. They've had superstars all through their whole team. It's like he played for the Timberwolves or the Milwaukee Bucks, and, yeah, he's one of the five greatest of all time. I don't think Kobe's one of the five greatest Lakers of all time. My five greatest Lakers, I'll just go through this real quick. And this goes back to the Minneapolis Lakers ASU. Jerry West at five, Will Chamberlain four, Elgin Baylor three, Kareem at two, and Magic at one. I think those guys are better than Kobe. Because to me, all sports, it's more than his numbers. Well, look at all the points he scored. So what? He had, he had five rings. Robert Ory had seven NBA rings over 16 years with three different teams. Robert Ory was 7-0 and in the finals. Is Robert Ory considered the greatest of all time? They want to make him the logo for the league? Yes, it's more than just your, your rings and your records. You look at some of the great NBA players without a ring. Barkley, Ewing, Carl Malone, John Stockton, Elgin Baylor, Allen Iverson, Steve Nash. All of them were MVPs at one time. Bill Hedishide in the finals never won it. But they're still great people. They're still great athletes. They all put Kobe on such a high pedestal because he was in L.A. He was camera-friendly. The media loved him. He was a media darling, so it's all this. Barkley was kind of a jerk early in his career. Patrick Ewing was a jerk in, in New York, so that really didn't help, you know. Malone and Stockton were in Utah, for God's sake. <laughs> I don't think most people know Utah's got a team, you know. Allen Iverson, he had his own issues. Elgin Baylor, excited. He's... He played for the Lakers during that one stretch where they didn't get any rings. And Steve Nash was just, without sounding like Archie Bunker here, he was just a little white Canadian kid. Oh, funny, he got two MVPs made finals, but no one, he wasn't the flashy player like Kobe and Jordan. And he was, these guys were all stuck in that magic and Michael and Larry Bird genre where he kind of got lost in the shuffle. All still great players. So just because you're great and something happens to you, God forbid, Let's not reinvent the wheel and drop flags to half-master everybody and everybody else may pass away because they were a good athlete. 
Correct, and I've got two things to add to that. The current NBA logo, for the listeners out there that aren't familiar with this, that is based on Jerry West, is it not? Yes. Okay, yes. okay. Yep. And the other thing is no that with all of the accolades that Kobe Bryant uh, did get, and I do agree that playing in a big market like that and the flash of yes. a player that he was elevated him, uh, he wouldn't be the Kobe Bryant we know if he played for uh, Utah, you know, Dallas, Orlando, uh, yep. Timberwolves. But he was on the NBA's highest career scoring was number three uh, or, or was number was number three, right, at the time? And uh, then... He dropped to number four that, the night before. The night before, yeah. So he was, at that time, uh, third best scoring in the career. Um, so, yes, uh, very good uh, very good player. And then the very night before was LeBron James surpassed him on the all-time career scoring, knocking uh, Kobe Bryant down to fourth. And the next day, he winds up dead in the side of a hillside. So... Very interesting with all this, but it's also a good conversation, good water water cooler talk. Yes. All right, anything more on the Kobe Bryant crash, Andy? No, no. Let's, let's get to some good news here. Let's get to some music. Perfect. Let's get into the musical segment. And tonight's segment, uh, today's segment, Andy, I'm not going to be reviewing a album. In fact, we've got some uh, Super Bowl concept here for uh, this weekend. We'll be going over some of the halftime show performances that relate to music. Have you got anything else for us uh, before we head into that? I just got three birthdays real quick for, for uh, music real quick. Uh, this week, uh, January 27th, Mike Patton, lead singer of Faith No More his birthday. Uh, January 29th, Johnny Lang, born in Fargo, North Dakota, uh, one of my favorite guitar players, Kid Johnny Lang, born 1981. February 1st, 1968, Lisa Marie Presley was born. Okay, interesting. A um, couple more side note birthdays, shameless plugs. Uh, February 2nd uh, is my bride's birthday. Lisa, it's her birthday on the second. Well, happy birthday! And also on the second will be the twenty-fifth birthday of my oldest son Matthew. Will be turning twenty-five on the second. So shameless plugs out to you guys. Happy birthday! Um, for those of you listening, if you're interested, Saturday night, Dodge House out in Lester Prairie, having a party for Lisa out there. If you want to stop on by, six o'clock. Highway West will be the band, or West High, Highway West will be the band playing out there. Country music band. If you're interested, stop on by. Perfect. Uh, little, little. If you, know, if you can't make up for a six at four o'clock at the Dodge House, they do have Bargo and a meat raffle afterwards. Stick around for our festivities. Um, Dan and I will be there for autographs between six thirty and seven thirty. Perfect, and that is a little. It's going to be a little Super Bowl Eve party as well here. A uh, Super Bowl Eve party, yes. So we'll be talking Super Bowl smack. If you're interested, come on down. At the Dodge House out in Lester Prairie, Minnesota. Perfect. Halftime shows. Now, we have not compared notes on halftime shows. No, we haven't compared notes. Uh, the, the task for the listeners out there, we were supposed to come up with our top five halftime show performances uh, of all time, and this is and this is Super Bowl 52, I believe, right? Yeah. Now, it's a little Super Bowl history. Super Bowl 
the halftime show, I believe, was the USC marching band, wasn't it? Or well, a college football marching band. Yeah, they first, in that, fact... That used to be the halftime show at the beginning was marching bands of the local schools. Yeah, and I didn't know this, but this uh, exercise helped me do some research on the on the his, history of the halftime performances. And yes, they were college uh, bands, uh, high school marching bands and college bands uh, that usually performed, and they had other types of events. And it wasn't until the, uh, you know, the 90s... Uh, the, still started getting big names and actually putting up stages and having whole shows and you know fireworks display and having people MTV got involved I remember oh yes that kind of started it all they had fans now coming down onto the field and it's it's one yes. big it's one big party but back early on it was it was very basic very basic halftime yep. shows and so uh, Gloria Stefan one from back even the one they did here at the Metrodome years ago it was pretty just here's some people on stage singing pretty cut and dry 15 minutes, see you bye. And that was 1992 uh, at the Metrodome. Yeah, and now it's an event. Now it's a big event. So I came up with my top five. What are yours, or should I go first, Andy? I'll go first here. I'll start at number five. Okay. Super Bowl 38, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. The wardrobe malfunction episode, if you will. Yes. But you look at before that, with the last five seconds, that was a great performance. I'm a big uh, Janet Jackson fan. I like the whole Jackson family. Justin Timberlake, later in his career, I liked him at first. I thought, nice hair. But it was still a great performance. Number four, Super Bowl 49, Katy Perry. And Lenny Kravitz was on that one, too. Um, Katy Perry, if you recall, that's the one where she had the sharks dancing. And some people kind of made fun of it because the sharks were not even in sync with each other. They were dancing totally different dances. With the exception of that, I thought that was a good show performance. Again, these are not my five favorite performers. I'm really not a big Katy Perry fan, but I thought that was a good show. He's one base and he's on good shows. Number three, Super Bowl 51, Lady Gaga. Um, she's just, you got to watch her because she's just so intriguing. She's going to do something special. Kind of like watching a Madonna in a way. That's going to be something special. You got to watch it. Or uh, Usher. It's just, they're such just great performers. You got to watch them all the time. Number two, 19, or Super Bowl, not 19, Super Bowl 36, U2. That was a great performance. That's kind of when they started all, you know, 36, 38 with Tumblr Lake and Janet, but they're really becoming productions. And number one, maybe I'm a homer, but Super Bowl 41 with Prince. Him singing Purple Rain, In the Rain. You can't make that up. That was just, Prince was such a great performer. Uh, we lost him a few years after that. Just, I thought that was a great all-time performance. Uh, if I had to give a five, uh, a number six, it would have been when Timberlake was here at the U.S. Bank a couple years ago. That was a great show, too, because he really put a lot on there. Um, I know some of the people that danced on there. My daughter was in dance at the time. She was not on the field, but we knew people who were. So you kind of hear the behind the stories once. So I was kind of partial on it. I kept it off the list. So I'd be like number six. But one Prince, two U2, three Lady Gaga, four Katy Perry and Lenny Kravitz. Five, Janet, and Justin Timberlake. What do you got, Dan, for your five? Well, very good. I'll start the same way. Five to one. Number five, Aerosmith in 2001. Uh, halftime show for the Super Bowl. I have that as my number five. Number four, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers performing in 2008. Number three, Prince, 2007. Uh, yep. can't, can't argue with that. One of the best ever and number two i've got the rolling stones who performed in 2006 and number one 
I have to go with Janet Jackson in uh, 2004 because the wardrobe malfunction, it's, it's one of the best all-time, uh, best uh, uh, events, I think. Uh, you know, obviously, it was a planned event because of the, the, what came of it, what came from it. And once again, uh, people think halftime show, and they go back to that 2004. That's how ingrained it is in people's, people's heads. So that's my number one, yeah. Andy. You know, and the thing is, is everybody looks at it. That's kind of where memes started from after that, the facial expressions and everything else. That's when social media was kind of starting to come big and stuff. From what, the stories I've heard, he was supposed to open her coat somehow, but something caught, and the next thing you know, there's a boob on TV, <laughs> on live TV. And it was one of those when you watch it, like, did they just, just what's that? You know, and because, again, you hear all these stories of uh, afterwards, like, oh, she meant to do it to help their careers. Neither one of them needed help with their career, for crying out loud. You know, so don't get into that. But, you know, it didn't hurt either one of their careers. It was embarrassing more than anything else, I think, for them all. But it was the very end of the show. So I think that's how it kind of, it goes the middle of the show, that thing was a train wreck and done. <laughs> yes. But it was the very end, so it was like, good, let's, let's move on. Back to the game, you know? <laughs> Yes, well, that will be good. The game will be good. The halftime show is, is it'll be good. The ads will be good, of course. And um, we'll find out now, about the Mr. Peanut J-Lo ad. And, J-Lo and some other gal, uh, Shakira, is that her name? Yes. It shows, yeah, see, it shows how in touch I am. I'm like, oh, man. Um, they're doing the halftime, some pregame ones. You know, I was doing the halftime shows, too. I thought a lot more pregame guys I was more interested in. They do a pregame concert on some. Some of those shows were better, I thought. Oh, yes. There was one one a few years ago Kid Rock did. Uh, Kiss has done the National Anthem a few times one time. You know, I've seen the names of the National Anthem and everything else. I'd rather have seen them do the halftime than just the National Anthem. Correct. You know, but but, uh, that's that. But I think we're going to be set. We've got a good game coming up Saturday. Pitchers and catchers next week after that. Daytona 500 coming up. We've got the XFL in the middle of there. Uh, soon after that, we got March Madness. It's, it's getting going. It will all come rolling very quickly here before we know it. It will be February. Well, that's all I've got. And for the listeners out there, please remember to leave your comments below and questions and also requests. Um, and uh, we'll get this up there. And uh, please feel free to share. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. All right. See ya.